We're so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to brentwoodchurch.org. During this episode, Pastor John shares a great message that we pray will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. All right, admit it, you wanted to get up, start raising your hands in the air, didn't you, on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I am not um, a real dancer, so I will not uh, do that. I will spare you that. Hey, we're talking today about what is real. What is the real deal? And I'm excited about this series because, as you saw there, two billion people, two billion people claim to know and speak for Jesus Christ and his church. That's a lot. And we're asking that question like, okay, well, who's the real deal? Like, who's real and who is not? And that's a question that I think we should answer, and we're going to be answering it over the next five weeks. Now, how many of you have ever been faked out before? Just just be honest about it. You, you've been faked out before. Maybe it was a uh, surprise party, you know, somebody said they were going to take you to dinner and you went to dinner and all oh, this is great. And then you come home and everyone's like, surprise. And you're like, thank you for ruining my evening. You know what I'm saying? About like, just like, I just, I thought you wanted to take me to dinner. And now all these 30 people in my house and, and that sort of thing. Or you voluntarily sign up to be faked out when you play cards, right? I mean, you go over to your friend's house or they come over and, you know, you get your pennies or your nickels or whatever. And, and you spend the next hour or two literally lying to each other on purpose and saying, isn't this fun? Like, hey, yeah, this is what I got in my hand. This is what I got in my hand. You know, no, not really. And, and, and you get each other to pay uh, money uh, back and forth by lying to each other. Well, those are harmless ways that we fake each other out. But some of you, in fact, I think all of us at some point have been faked out by a relationship. Somebody presented themselves as one thing, but really was another thing. Uh, Some of you got conned out of some money or something, and you walked away from that situation, and and it hurt, and it hurt really bad. It it destroyed your trust uh, for a while in people or in certain situations. Uh, The reality is we've all been faked out before, and we've all faked people out before. We have presented ourselves as one thing, but not. Uh, This happened to me uh, unintentionally, this past week, I was uh, renting a car in the Dallas airport, and I had my aviator sunglasses tucked right here in my shirt, and the clerk was like, oh, I love your sunglasses. And she went on to, to, to sort of to think that, that I had Ray-Ban sunglasses. Now, here's a little context. Ray-Bans are those kind of glasses that you hand down to generations. You know, you, they're made from titanium, which fell from the earth with Superman, right? You know what I'm talking about? Those kind of glasses with the polycarbonate lenses, you know, on the low end, they're $150. On the high end with the, the, the you know, the solar, you know, the, the cyclops lenses, you know what I'm talking about, that, you know, that have superpowers, $300. And for a split second, she thought I was a high roller. She thought that I had Ray-Ban sunglasses. And, and I thought, man, I could leverage this a little bit and get, get our, our little van upgraded to a Hummer. You know, if I just, if I play my cards right here. Uh, but I went on to disappoint her and myself by saying, uh, actually, I got these at a gas station for $10 back home. And, and, you know, they're scheduled to either be broken or lost at least in the next two weeks. You know what I'm saying? If you've ever bought those kind of sunglasses, you just know that I have these for two weeks. That's about it. And, and 
they will be broken or they will be lost. Uh, the reality is, though, uh, we have all been faked out and we've all faked people out before. We have had something that looked like the real deal. We have presented ourselves in such a way, but we really weren't. And we walk through our lives asking that question, is this real? You know, are these the Ray-Bans or are these the knockoffs? Are these the titanium ones or are these the plastic ones? Uh, we do this when we buy things online. You know, you go to Amazon, you go to Craigslist, you go to eBay and you're like, okay, I wonder if this is really the real deal or if this is uh, just one of those cons. Uh, we do this in relationships. Uh, we do this on higher levels too. You know, right now, what's going on in, in our country? You know, people are like, is this a real citizen of our country or not? Is this politician really living out what uh, he or she says they believe or are they saying one thing over here and doing another thing over here? Well, all of that is something that we ask of so many things, of relationships and institutions and so on. The same thing is being asked of the church. The same thing has been asked of the church for 2,000 years. Literally the first day the church launched, that question has been asked, who is really a believer and follower of Jesus Christ? And who is not? Who, who says they are or wants me to think they are or maybe even thinks they are, but really is not? This has been something that has been questioned in church history around the world since the very beginning. And churches and church movements have tried to determine who's really real or not. You know, okay, here's our membership pledge. And if you, you know, if you subscribe to these certain beliefs and these certain actions, then you're the real deal or this certain covenant or this certain creed. And, you know, you have to raise your hand and, you know, you have to do this and jump through this hoop. And if you wear certain things or don't wear certain things or, you know, speak this way or don't speak that way or, you know, if you subscribe to these rules and these regulations, then you are the real deal. If not, you're not. And, and you go, okay, well, who's the real deal? Is it the Catholics? You know, is it the Calvinists? Is it the Charismatics? Is it the, the Calvary Chapels and anything else that starts with a C? You know, who is? Because they're all saying, no, 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 we're, we're the real. We're the real deal. And if you belong to us, you're real. Well, that means I guess everybody else is not. And it's a question that we wrestle with when it comes to the church. Here is the good news, though. The Bible teaches us what a real deal follower of Jesus thinks like, feels, and ultimately acts and behaves like. The Bible says, hey, if you really want to know, it's, it's, it's not as complicated as you think. It's simple, but not easy. And I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. We're going to look at the book of James. Turn there with me, the book of James chapter 1. James has written really a, a litmus test, a, a matrix, a description. And, and he's saying, hey, um, if you want to know what the real deal follower of Jesus looks like, these are the characteristics. This is what they will think. This is how they will feel about things. And, and ultimately, this is how they will act. And wow. We're going to get into some stuff today and over the next five weeks, and I'm just going to be honest with you, it's hard. It's hard to trudge through some of this stuff because some of you are going to start questioning, man, am I the real deal? Like, 
man, I threw my stick in the fire 20 years ago or, you know, 20 weeks ago. Uh, You know, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I believe that he's the son of the living God. I believe that he he came, um, he was born of a Virgin Mary, that he grew up, that he taught us what the kingdom of God looks like, that he died on a cross for the sins of all humankind, past, present, and future, mine included. And if you believe that, that your sins are forgiven, that evil and death have been defeated in your life and he rose from the dead and I believe all of that, but whoa, 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 man, that right there. I don't know if that's really consistent in my life. We're gonna go through this series and you might go, maybe I'm not the real deal. Here's what I wanna say to you. That's a natural thing. And if that's you today, welcome to the human race because you just found out you're not perfect. You just found out that you need grace. You just found out that you need Jesus. Yeah, you need Jesus. Yep. Come on, call me a taxi. I'm ready to go. I am ready to go. And I think you are too. Today, I want us to look at one of the chief characteristics of what it means to be the real deal. Let me give you a little background on James here. James is the half-brother of Jesus. What does that mean? It means they shared a mother, but they had different fathers. If you read the Gospels of Matthew, you know that Jesus was fathered by the Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit, through the mother Mary, okay? So they had the same mother, but they had a different father. Joseph was the father of James, the father of James, the earthly father of Jesus. You get it. If you want to know more about that, please read the first couple chapters of Matthew. James did not believe that his brother was the Messiah. He knew that he was special. I mean, if you grow up and your big brother's Jesus, you're like, he's a little different, right? But he did not believe his claims until Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead. And then he became a true believer. Not only that, but he became one of the first leaders of the very first church in Jerusalem. He helped launch the church along with the other disciples. And this book, James, was written. Many believe it's the very first book that was written in the New Testament, long before even the Gospels were written. And so it's very appropriate that if we're going to look at what the early church was realizing was a real deal follower of Jesus, we would go to James's letter. Now, here's what we're going to look at today. And this is the bottom line of the whole series. The bottom line of the whole series is this. If you're the real deal, your actions will match your beliefs. James says this over and over and over throughout these five chapters. If you're the real deal, then your actions, what you do on the outside, will match your beliefs. What what do we call a person who says they believe something but acts differently? We call them a fake, right? Some would say a hypocrite, all right? So you get it. So James says, look, If you are the real deal, what you believe is actually how you're going to act. And then he starts his letter with one of the biggest actions and attitudes and ways of thinking 
of a real deal follower of Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like this one. I told you it's simple, but it's not easy. So let's jump in. Verse 2. Consider it pure joy. Okay, that's cool. My brothers and sisters. Yeah, that's me. Whenever you face trials of many kind, hold up. I do not want to be joyful when I'm hurting. I don't want to be joyful. He says, look, if you're going to be the real deal, you are going to find pure joy when you face trial, when you face pain, when you face struggle, when you experience loss. And this could be anything. This could be illness in your life or somebody else's life. This could be disappointment. This could be depression. This could be you know, they, they walked out on you and betrayed you. They, this could be that the boss called you in and said, you don't work here anymore. This could be, you fill in the blank, trial. And what, what James says is, hey, if you want to know if you're the real deal and somebody else is, they are going to be joyful in trial. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to play along with me. I want you to look to the person beside you and I want you to say, hey, Okay, here here it is. Let's get the whole thing. In In fact, let's put it on the screen here. Let's put it on the screen. Can we put it on the screen? Uh, uh, Here it is, here it is. If it hurts me, it helps me. Go ahead, just to the person beside you, if it hurts me, it helps me. Go ahead, just play along. There you go, that's good. If it hurts me, it helps me. Now, here's what I know. Most of you don't believe that. You don't believe that. Now, you played along and you're like, okay, the pastor wants us to do this and we don't want him to feel kind of alone up there. So I'll, I'll say it and you say it and, and that'll be fine. But here's the deal. In the next 35 minutes, you are gonna change how you think about that statement. If it hurts me, it helps me. You're gonna have a totally different view of what it means when pain and struggle and trial and, and adversity comes to your life. Now, let's go back to what is trial? What is trial according to those who believe and follow Jesus, who are the real deal? Trial is this, experiences that make us grow. That's how you will begin to see what hurts you is what is helping you. Why? Because it is helping you grow. And Paul, or, or James says, okay, let me unpack this. And he goes on to the next verses and he starts to just sort of unpack this. Because you know that the testing of your faith, you know it, you know it. Now, how do you know it? And we're gonna talk about how you know it in just a second. You know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. What is perseverance? It's a process. A process is coming. When you hurt, when you experience loss and adversity, you are entering a process. You are entering a process. Let perseverance, the process, finish its work so that you may be, I want you to say this word with me, one, two, three, so you may be, oh, come on, one, two, three. Yeah, mature, that you are grown up. Oh my goodness. Man, do we need to grow up in this? Do we need to mature in some things? I don't know about you, but I do. Mature and complete. What does that mean? Whole, not lacking anything. What's he saying? He's saying, look, there's some things in your life that you're lacking. There's some stuff that's not in you that needs to get in you. 
and there is some stuff that's in you that needs to get out of you. And if it hurts, it's helping. Why? Because it's adding some things you need and taking out some things you don't need. And it is a process. And when you start to feel the pain and you start to feel the hurt, you know something is happening to you. And what James says is, people who are the real deal followers of Jesus, they're not trying to avoid the pain. They're not trying to explain it away in five easy steps. They're finding joy in it. What? Yep, they are finding joy in it. That doesn't mean that they're not sad. It doesn't mean that they're always smiling. It just means that they have a perspective on it that brings them a supernatural joy. Mm. Man, this is good stuff. If any of you lacks wisdom, and it's like James knows what we're thinking. Okay, hey, hold up. How in the world am I going to know that I'm going through trial and that this trial is the beginning of a process, and at the end of this process, I am going to gain something that I've needed, and I'm going to let go of something that I don't need anymore. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad that you asked that. If you lack wisdom, and what is wisdom? It's, it's just simply knowing what, what you need to know to grow your faith. If any of you lacks wisdom, how God wired you, how God wired the world, how God himself is wired, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. If your child came to you and said, dad, mom, I wanna know how I can be the most obedient high-achieving, successful kid who grows up into a responsible adult, would you say, get out of my face? Would you say that? No, of course you wouldn't say that. You would say, oh, what just happened to me? How long have I been out? Oh, what did you just ask me? Yeah, mom. And they go, yeah, dad. And they go and they repeat that. You would say, well, sit down. I want to tell you. And what James is saying is God is the same way. He's not going to throw that back in your face. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. He keeps going. He says, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. What is he saying? He's saying, look, if you ask for wisdom, God is going to give you that as a gift. He wants to give it to you. But let's be honest, sometimes the wisdom isn't what we want. Come on. Oh, just me? All right, just me. Sometimes it's the wisdom and we don't want it. And what James is saying, he's saying, look, you're going to ask for it. And God is going to say, okay, Here's what you need to do to get maturity and to find joy in it. And you and I will look at it sometime and say, oh, I don't want to do that. That hurts. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, if you do that, if you ask for the wisdom and God gives it to you, whether it's in his word or his people or his spirit or all three of those at one time, and you look at it and you say, no, I think I'm going to go my own way on this. I lost a bunch of money. 
So I think I'm going to earn it back my way. Oh, I lost this relationship. So I think I am going to find love in all the wrong places now. I, she walked out on me. They betrayed me. That all fell apart. God, give me wisdom. Oh, mm, no, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. That's a little bit too much. That's not comfortable. That's not easy. I can't download an app for that. So I'm going to do it myself. Here's what James says. If you do that, you will blow up your life. And some of you are here today and you're missing a limb or two because you blew it up. And I'm here to tell you, I got the t-shirt on for that too. I have done that. I have looked at the wisdom of God and I have known it to be the wisdom of God and I have turned around and done my own thing. And you know what that hurt that was supposed to help turn into? It turned into harm. And I think some of you have those battle scars. I'm here to tell you though, the gospel of Jesus Christ is one that says that may have been what you did, but that is not who you are. Come on, somebody. Come on. Can I get a witness on that? That is not who you are. That is not, that's what you did. You blew it up, but that's not who you are because here's what Jesus is, has come to do. He's come to transform you from the inside out. He's come to say, hey, li- listen, stop faking it and become the real deal and ask for help. And I think some of you today need to stop asking everybody else who's gonna give you the answer that's easy, and you need to go to the God of heaven who wired you, who fought you up, who put you on this planet, gave you a name, gave you a frame, and put you in this building right now without air conditioning. You say, you feel it's a little uncomfortable. Well, I'm coming after you because I want to help you. And maybe you just need to stop right now and say, I need help. I need help. I need help. Mm, mm. Now, this is what he says next, and, I, and this is powerful. This is powerful, because he gets in our stuff. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, having stood the test, look, you're going to go through it. It's going to be tough. But listen, if you stand through it, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. What does he say? He says, look, if you will know that this is a process and you will know that he's taken some things that you really like but you don't need anymore and he's adding some things that at first you don't think you want but ultimately it will bless you. It will bless you. And not only that, you will become a blessing to other people. You will wear a crown. You'll walk around and people will say, are those Ray-Bans? And you will say, oh, yes, they are. Oh, yes, let me show you my Ray-Bans. I earned these Ray-Bans because that hurt helped me. That hurt helped me. And what James is trying to get across is he's trying to say, hey, listen, listen, church, you have to understand the real deal follower of Jesus, one of the ways that he or she is separated from the fakes of the world is how they are blessed by adversity, how they go through adversity, how they find joy in adversity. But he says something else, and and, and this is powerful. When tempted, oh, 
When? Not if. When? When. When tempted. What, what does that mean? That, that, means, that means that you're going to be tempted to, to give up. You're going to be tempted to go your own way. He says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. When, when you hit adversity and when that thing in your life goes away and it was really important to you, that person, they, they, they passed away or they went away, that, that job, that situation that was comfortable, but now you can no longer stand it. You can't stay there anymore. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted in that to, to, to point to God and, and to point to other people and say, this is your fault. This is your fault. God, this is your fault. You're going to be tempted to do that. And, and, and this is what he says. He says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Look, he's not, he's not setting traps for you. You live in a fatal, fallen, and unfair world. That's the deal. But man, Jesus, Jesus is coming in to give you a different perspective. So don't look at God and say, hey, you messed up this situation. You messed up this, this world, and therefore I am going to do what is selfish to me. But each person, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. We have an enemy, and that enemy wants us to do everything but turn to God for help. He wants us to do everything but turn to God for wisdom. He will even point us down the track of some really good, shiny things. And what James is saying is that you need to look out for this. This is, this is wisdom for you. When it hurts, it helps you, but don't let it harm you. And here's how it will harm you when you give in to the temptation to not let the process play itself out, to become embittered instead of mature, to become angry instead of joyful. What else does he say? Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. It's how we blow up our life. It's how we blow up other people's lives. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, and or who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give you birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of a first fruits of all he created. Let me give you a story about this. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was pulling into the Mi Patron right over here at uh, the, the shopping mall and uh, dropped my son off. He was going to meet the rest of our crew in there. They had come in a different car. And as I pull away from the curb, I realized that I have a flat tire. My front left tire is just flopping. And I'm thinking, man, that didn't, I mean, I, I, I drove here perfectly smooth and per- perfectly fine. And now I stop and my, my tire is, has, has burst. So I kind of hobble over to a, a parking spot. I get out, sure enough, it is, it, it, is, um, it, it is flat. So I go and I look in the trunk and I'm looking for the spare tire, no spare tire. And I'm thinking, oh man, now I gotta, I gotta get a, uh, a tow truck and a tow truck's got to haul it to my, ah, oh, like, ah, oh, this is, this is, uh, I'm just, I'm angry. And you've been there before. You, you know those situations. And so the next day, call a tow truck, tow truck 
comes, picks it up, puts it, uh, takes it to the mechanic. And I get one of those calls, and you've gotten these calls before, where they say, how long have you been driving on those tires? Like that. And here's what that's code for. You don't care about your kids. That's, that's what, when somebody asks, when a professional, when an expert asks you those kind of questions, what they're saying is, you're an idiot. And, and come to find out, uh, the tires, my front two tires were so bald. The, the little metal stuff inside the tire was, was shooting up outside the rubber and, 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 and was beginning uh, to become this weapon of mass destruction. And then I thought to myself, oh, I get it. Like, I just experienced some embarrassment. I experienced some inconvenience. I had to pay a little bit more money. But nobody died. Like, what, what, if, what if I had been going 55 miles an hour? Because that's as fast as my Prius will go. What if I had been going 55 miles an hour and it, and it had... You know, it burst on the highway. What if my daughter, who just started driving this year, what if she had been, and, and she's inexperienced, and, you know, you know, her tire blows out. What, what, what would happen? And here I experience, wow, I got a flat tire at the right place, at the right place. And not only did I get a flat tire at the right place, but I didn't throw a spare on it. I had a mechanic, an expert, say, you need to get rid of these tires or this will happen again. When it hurts, it helps. I want you to tell the person beside you that. Tell them like you believe it this time. When it hurts, it helps. When it hurts. Listen, God is trying to get your attention. Like, look, 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 look. Husbands, you, don't, you know what I'm talking about. You know when you drop the ball in your marriage. Because your wife starts to get really weird and emotional, and you think it's her problem. Like, you're counting the days. Like, what, what time of month is this? Right? You know what I'm saying? Because you blame everybody. Yeah, that's probably what it is. She's just getting emotional. And you don't... Don't put that on the tape. Listen. You know what I'm talking about. You start blaming everything, and you don't stop to go, hey, wait a minute. Maybe I'm handling stress the wrong way, and I'm bringing it into this house, and I start affecting everybody, and my wife is telling me something. She's giving me a clue, and through these heavy emotions that I'm carrying from the vibe she's getting and the words that she's saying, maybe, just maybe, God is giving me a warning through the people in my life that are saying, hey, you're not winning right now. There's something present that needs to go. There's something missing that needs to get resurrected. Man, I don't know about you. I don't like that. It's uncomfortable. But man, that hurt helps. That hurt helps. And what James says is this. He says, look, if you're the real deal, two things. If you're the real deal, and I just want to put these up. If you're the real deal, faith doesn't, uh, the real deal faith doesn't get angry in trial. And, and listen, it doesn't mean that you don't get sad and it doesn't mean that you don't get mad. It just means that you don't get bitter. You don't start blaming everybody and pointing your finger at God. You have a perspective that says, 
I am not entitled to a life of comfort. I am not entitled to an easy way. I am not entitled to pain-free and perfect. I'm not entitled to any of that. What I am given, though, is through Jesus Christ, forgiveness, redemption, salvation, a new hope, a new perspective. Sin, evil, death is gone. And whatever trial this is, maybe it leads to death. I don't know. But here's what I can know. I can find joy in that. I can find joy. I can lift my hands to God and say, God, thank you. Thank you. I don't understand all of this, but would you give me wisdom? And in that wisdom, would you help me find perspective? And in that perspective, would you help me be a first fruit to other people? Would you help other people to be able to look at me and go, I don't get it, I don't understand it, but she has a hope, he has a hope that I want. And you can say, I'm glad that you asked. Let me tell you where it comes from. Real deal faith sees trial as a chance to grow, as a chance to grow. Now, here's what I know what some of you are saying. You're saying, John, I'm almost convinced that what hurts helps. I'm almost convinced of that. But But I'm stuck in something. I'm stuck in this place. I'm stuck in, maybe, maybe if you can give me five steps to get unstuck. Maybe if you can give me three phrases to get unlocked. Maybe if you can give me the one thing or the two things that I need. Here, here I'm just going to give it to you. Right here it is. Let the Spirit change your heart and mind. That's it. Let, let the Spirit of God that is in you, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, that is in you, begin to transform your heart and mind. Because I'm going to tell you, he's given you his word. Oh, did somebody get excited? Oh, yeah, come on. Holy Spirit got a hold of somebody. Yes, yeah, it's like, um, I'm a Baptist, but I'm going to dance right now. I think I'm going to dance. Can you guys put that music back on? The Spirit of God. It is the gift. Jesus said it. God, the Father will, bring, will send you the counselor. He'll send you the guide. And when you're going through it, when you're going through it, call upon him to give you wisdom. Call upon him to give you transformation. And I think some of you today, during our response time, your response may be to sing, but it also may be to pray and just say, God, would you, through your spirit, Show me what is here that needs to go and what is not here that needs to come. Would you begin to change my mind? You know what we call that? It's called repentance. And it's an ugly word in our culture because we live in a culture where everybody's an expert at their life, even though their life's blowing up around them. And, and you know, the thing about the church is, is we just get in here and we just go, you know what? Man, without the Spirit of God in me, man, I'm a big fake. That's it. That's just, just it. I, I, without the Spirit of God in me, which was ignited by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, man, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. I can't even read the Bible and make sense of it without the Holy Spirit. I can't even go to church and, and understand it and, and get it and, and be warm and joyful in it without the Holy Spirit. Why? Because all those people are crazy, Right? You start looking around, it's like, you know, they're a mess and they're a mess and they're a mess. But the Holy Spirit starts saying, and so are you. But 
wow, what grace and what the gospel does for all of us. We just start high-fiving each other. And we start thinking, wow, you know, my, my, my life's tough right now too. Me too, me too, me too. Wow, how is it that we find joy in this? The Spirit of God is changing our mind and our heart. And he's, and he's pointing us to the wisdom and the way of God. And he's bringing meaning to it. I think some of you right now are going through it. I think your marriage is on life support. I think you've got a lawyer that you're ready to speed dial. I think some of you are sick and tired because you've been sick and you've been tired for seasons. Your body's breaking down. You're hurting. I, I, I think some of you are about to lose your faith. You know, just one, one good argument against Jesus's Existence against who God is, and, and it falls like a house of cards for you. You don't want that, but you know that's where you are right now. Here's what I want to say to you. I want to say to you this, that God has given you the spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, that as in Genesis it says, that went to and fro across the void that was nothing. And when God spoke into existence, that spirit became the wisdom that brought something out of nothing. And if that can happen in creating a universe, it can happen in your mind, in your heart. It can and it will. And so I just want to give you two things real quick. Some of you today, you just need to let the Spirit change you. You need to let the Spirit change, just change you. And, and some of you need community. You need, you need to get in a, in a group of, of biblically functioning, spirit-filled people. And you can do that today. You can go online, right there's the link, or you can go up to our next step table and just say, you know what, my wife and I, my kids and I, whatever, me, I, I, I need to get in community right now because I need people around me to help me see what's going on in this trial. I need people to help hold up my hands and pray with me during this trial. And that's what you need today. Thanks so much for listening today. We believe that everyone has a next step towards Jesus and we'd love to help you take yours. Email us at hello at brentwoodchurch.org or visit our website, brentwoodchurch.org slash next steps. Until next time, go change the world.